long and prosperous. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermitee. Frog, Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. love that intro every time so i've heard good. it i've heard it a ton of times and it never gets old we have the love best it. intro we do we really do uh so welcome back to the intro and the show of the play on nerds <laughs> it's like what are we introing uh, episode 107 where we are going to be continuing our back and forth review today between the star trek franchise that jarman loves and i'm coming to enjoy and the Muppet franchise that I love and is just a shame this week. It's just a <laughs> damn shame this week. Yeah, I don't think Star Trek gets this bad <laughs> ever. Uh, we'll see, but you might be right. <laughs> I mean, it's great, folks. Uh, Stay tuned. What are we so reviewing? We'll be, discussing, we'll be discussing Muppet Wizard of Oz, a made-for-TV monstrosity that is maybe, for me, the second most disappointing Muppet thing ever. <sighs> And if you're out there and you're like eagle-eyed listeners, uh, eagle-eared listeners, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and you might notice that Muppets Wizard of Oz was not the next one in the series. There is a Christmas one, but we figure we'll do that on Christmas time. So we skipped. When yeah, we it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie, which is actually a lovely television special. Oh, and I would have loved to review it. We're saving for the, the holiday season. Right. So it's doing one out of order this time around. Which you might have done last season, yeah. last Christmas too. I'm not sure. I can't remember. We we absolutely did last Christmas, and then you, and then you hated Muppet Christmas Carol, and it just threw off the whole episode. <laughs> did we mention that you're Steve and I'm Jarman? I'm Steve, <laughs> and I'm Jarman, and together we're about to underwhelm you. <laughs> yes, but the rest of the episode's great, folks. <laughs> and let's move into that part now. Jarman, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I'm up to a whole lot, but uh, I have been doing a lot of auditions and not getting a whole lot of kickback yet. But I had a couple of friends come in from out of town who used to live with me, um, a guy named uh, Guy, uh, who got married. And he's now uh, living in Alabama, but he came back with his two cats and his dog because he's staying in Florida for 10 days with his uh, his uh, wife's parents. So I, I had my two cats, their two cats, and a dog all in my house at the same time. And I'm allergic to all of these animals. So That is awful. My body has gotten used to the two cats now to where if I take a pill once a day, I have no problem at all. I can breathe totally fine. I keep the house clean. But I had these five animals in my house, and I could not breathe for two days straight. Yes, yeah, that's too much. That's too much animals. Right. And they left this morning, and it was so bad that I was around 5 p.m. I could barely breathe or my eyes were so closed that I was going to have to cancel the podcast. I was about to like text you. I'm like, no, if I just stay, don't clean anymore and just sit here and just stay away from it, I'll get better. And let the dust settle. Right. And I finally did. I got better. So I'm like, okay, good. I have to cancel because I knew that'd be a pain to reschedule and it's right next to Thanksgiving. So yeah, holidays <sighs> make everything more complicated. Yeah, but it really, it was terrible. I could barely breathe. So now I'm definitely oh. better now. <laughs> Well, speaking of not being able to breathe, uh, my whole state is still pretty much on fire. Oh, God. Just still, still pretty much on fire. We've had a few better days. Like today, it got to orange, which is unhealthy. Oh, good. And that was, that was great. Uh, it went back up to very unhealthy, red tonight, but still, that little bit of orange was nice. Um, but really, at this point, we have rain that should be coming in in the next 24 to 48 hours oh, that is going to pull a ton of this out of the air. 
and it is going to save the region at least for a little bit. And that's why we need rainmaking machines. I think DARPA was working on that, but never actually completed them. But yeah, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 90, 94, and 100% chance of rain. Oh, so, good. Thank the Lord. We California needs it. And how many miles away are you from the actual fire? I mean, here's the problem. Which, which fire? Oh, good point. So there's ones in Yosemite, which is off to the uh, east of us by about three to four hours, something like that, to the edge of Yosemite. There's the big one that is on the big national news up north. Uh, that's 150,000 acres, and that's up by Sacramento or north of Sacramento. So it's like four hours north, four and a half hours north. There was a big one down in Santa Cruz and all this started. That's like an hour south. Uh, and then there's the big ones down in L.A. And Yeah. They're just all over so the place. Yes. So, so yes. Well, last weekend, I, I sincerely looked at like, where could we take a weekend trip to within like a couple hours that we could get out of this? And the answer was nowhere. <laughs> it's nowhere in your state. <laughs> nowhere in our state were we able to like go and drive three hours or four hours and get to. Jeez. Well, it's going to be over um, soon, so, hopefully. Yeah. So we've stayed bundled up here. Hopefully the rains is going to help with the, the fire efforts. Uh, but at this point, I think the, the fire is like 70 or 75% contained, but it's still massive. It's still giant. Gosh. I, I, I heard a conspiracy theories that it was caused by space lasers. <laughs> sure. There have been, due to the, the clustering, there have been suspicions of arson. Right. I mean, or some sort sense. of co- coordinated arson event, which might make sense, but not, no, not space lasers. Not, not space lasers, right. And, 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 you know, all of us Californians are doing our part and we're going out and we're going to rake the forests. We're going to do all of them. <laughs> Just like Finland. We're going to, I mean, I'm also learning Finnish. We'll see which one happens first. For those of you who don't know, our president thought that the wildfires could have been lessened if we had only raked the forests. <laughs> because that's what the Finnish do. Cause he had a conversation with the Finnish president and the Finnish president came out and basically said, we had a brief discussion about forestry. I talked about a new, uh, it was like an advanced warning system of some sort, a surveillance system that they were using to monitor and track fires faster. Right. And then it ended with, yeah, we take care of our forests. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> like some, somewhere in there. Our president Trump's, thought raking the forest was the thing. The delusional four-year-old that lives in our president's mind. Just under his hairpiece somewhere, that little four-year-old is. It's like, it's like Ratatouille. He's up there pulling little hairs under, under the president's hat and just making things happen. It's like uh, four four-year-olds in a coat, basically. <laughs> they each take turns being the head. Exactly. <laughs> just a weird melting mass that they're wearing. Oh, um, God. But yeah, so we're, uh, my whole state's still on fire. We've been pretty much plugged up all week. Uh, we've been getting ready for Thanksgiving. I've had the week off because Apple gives everyone the week off, which is awesome. Nice. Not for, everyone. Retail employees. Not oh, really. for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we, we, we traditionally, well, basically what it comes down to is that enough people start leaving before holiday that eventually there's just not enough people at work to get any work done. Right. <laughs> and so they end up just having people kind of like sitting around waiting for the day to end. So they just say the hell with it. <laughs> <laughs> Just take the time I, off. Well, because I even now with us having a whole week off, it already happens where, you know, like the Thursday and Friday before I go to a meeting that is half empty and they like call a department to talk about something and there's just nobody from that department there. 
So they're like, all right, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on this department. And there's just nobody from that department. <laughs> yeah, move on to the next department. Right, right. So it just turns into a big cluster fuck. So it's just not worth it. <laughs> well, it works out for you pretty well. Uh, one cool thing to know for our, our listeners is that Apple does take care of the retail employees. Um, so even though retail employees do have to work a good part of Thanksgiving, including Black Friday and stuff, uh, because that's just the business of retail for the most part, uh, they do give three additional days off to the retail employees that they can cash in later in the year to make up for those days. Oh. So yes, we as corporate employees get the three days off, but they, they give them to the retail employees as well. Nice. They get eventually get to use it. Yeah, it was, for for me, it was always just three extra days of vacation I could take after a crazy holiday season, which was really appreciated. That's a good good balance. Yeah, thank you, Tim Cook, for doing that for your retail employees. Better than Bezos. That should be his his tagline. <laughs> Hashtag better than Bezos. It sounds good. <laughs> it does. It rhymes. Exactly. It trickles off the tongue. <laughs> alliteration. Uh, okay, but I think that alliteration takes us into some other alliteration nerd news it's time for nerdy news yeah all right all so right i have some more underwhelming space news yeah <laughs> not underwhelming it's really cool it's just that you know i just want there to be aliens uh so <laughs> there another dimming star has been found Kind of like before we found Tabby stars, they named it, where they, originally there's a big hullabaloo about, oh, it could be a Dyson sphere surrounding this star. And that was a real possibility until they did more research and figured it was probably a gas giant that was circling Tabby star, which also had rings. So it created very erratic blinking behavior from that star that we had not really seen before, which is a crazy combination of events. But hey, it's a, more of a possibility than Dyson sphere. But now a new star has been found with a terrible name called VVV-WIT-07. <laughs> okay. The cool part is the WIT stands for what is that? Which is, I guess, their little bit of creativity and funniness there. Uh, but it, it's the, um, the Tabby Star only darkened by 20% when it dimmed. This one darkens by 80% when it dims, which is a little more interesting for the astronomers and such because it just means something more dramatic is happening there. But they can't say a lot more than that it literally could be anything um but they're finding more and more of these dimming and strangely blinking stars because of our greater technology better telescopes that kind of thing and so this could be a very common thing we just don't know about or it could be a dyson sphere from an alien civilization maybe maybe we don't know all right that's (laughs) neat yeah it is neat uh mine's less big uh, it's so small, in fact, that I didn't even bother to come up with a name for it. Oh, uh, it's just it's called it's called wombat shit. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay, so wombats are the only creature in nature that doesn't make round or spherical poops. Interesting. What kind of what square? They they poop out these little cubes that are about just under an inch by an inch, two centimeter by two centimeter, basically <laughs> cubes. Um. They are cubes. And so this happens nowhere else in nature. All these scientists were trying to figure it out. uh, And they finally were able to launch a study where they dissected either wombats found deceased or wombats that didn't make it through like road collisions in Australia. So no wombats were hurt, but not by these scientists. Right. Um, 
and they dissected them and basically found that they do most of their digestion in the last like 25% of their bowel. And not only that, in the last like inches of their bowel, it changes so that uh, the like muscles that surround it are more refined and they are what shapes and collapses in these things into little cute poop cubes. <laughs> okay. But they believe that this is because uh, wombats mark their territory with these cubes by stacking them basically by trying to get these shit, these cubes on top of each other. So they make these little mounds, these little like poo pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's believed that they they evolved this so that their poo and their markers wouldn't roll away in the wind. Oh, because they make very very uh, dry, very light poops, not like messy poops. <laughs> so these little dry cubes that they they stack to make the worst Lego sets ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they don't roll away, and they finally know why. The stars above and the poops below. The poops below. Nerdy news of the week. Two mysteries resolved. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Wombat poop, folks. That's what you come here for. So before we get into uh, the review of Muppet Wizard of Oz, Jarman and I both did a little bit of research on The Wizard of Oz, the much better film and book, accordingly, by Frank L. Baum that uh, it's based off of. And we're going to talk about some of those facts, figures, trivia, and maybe some myths even from the original uh, Wizard of Oz. Isn't that pretty? It is lovely. I mean, the remake's great too, but this one's great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the remake's real good. I meant the song, the one with the Hawaiian dude. That one's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I can't say his name, so I'm not going to try. Anna yeah, that guy. Yeah, La Laki Lalo. They're terrible racist bastards. So, what kind of trivia you got for us, sir? Uh, so, we probably have a little bit of overlap because we didn't really talk about this or coordinate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Technicolor was the big feature of this film. filmed in technicolor but that came with a lot of weird things that had to happen so uh, one was they had to make some color changes to make everything make sense Uh, the shoes originally in the books even silver uh, were were silver had to be changed to ruby because they really wanted to show off that technicolor (laughs) so sharp and pretty like like that was why they're like we really want to show off the red so they're going to be red Um, additionally dorothy's dress even though on film it appears blue and white was actually blue and pink because it showed up better on the red register of Technicolor. And that was my first myth, actually, on my list, is that her shirt was actually pink, and that myth is true because of Technicolor. Yeah. Right. Um, but then, uh, additionally, uh, because Technicolor at the time was a new process, it took much, much heavier lighting than any other film type that was going on. So they loaded in so many more lights than are used to being on these these film sets, and apparently on set it reached a hundred degrees. Easy, <laughs> with people in heavy set. costumes and heavy makeup because of all the light they had to throw to get to get the Technicolor to work. They hadn't quite figured it out yet. Yeah, it was new. But to everyone who's watching at the theater that first time, when it, she walks into Oz and just turns into this gorgeous colored like oh my god because it's a black and white movie up to that point it's just it's yeah been, it's been crazy to see that for the first time 
Uh, well, in fact, uh, a fun fun fact about this is that uh, this movie did not do that well in the box office. It mm. barely made back its budget. Uh, it came out right at the tail end of the Great Depression with this actress that not a ton of people had heard of at that time and also came out the same year as Gone with the Wind. Right. That's so it just ground. didn't get the attention. It wasn't until it started getting aired on television in the mid to late 50s that it got huge. Hmm. because it, it became this cultural symbol of the switch from black and white to color. Right. Because you literally got to watch the movie in black and white at first, and then your TV would turn it to, you know, and the majority of films became, weren't even in color until like 15 years later. Yeah. So because of that, it became sort of this, this late cultural icon to the switch over. Right. Cause you think 1939. Yeah. And that's also the year my dad was born actually <laughs> so long ago. That's, as far as you know. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, movies just kept went right back to being black and white for like 10, 15 years after that until they mastered it, made it cheaper. So, oh, yeah. It's fascinating. And apparently, so that, you. Oh, see, apparently Dorothy was on like Coke the entire time, too, because they kept telling her she was too fat to be in the movie. And she was, of course, very thin, but they wanted her even thinner. So they kept like feeding her drugs during the entire well, time. It's because their first choice was Shirley Temple and she was 11. And they wanted a little girl. They settled for her and they're like, all right, we hired you. Now look like a little girl. Gosh, she had a beautiful voice. All right. Flatten so, down that chest, lose some weight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Terrible. So uh, the first one was that being the pink pink shirt thing. The second one, it's a little one, but it's fun. Uh, the Wicked Witch cries out, fly, fly, my pretties. But she actually says, fly, fly, fly. That's all she says. It's one of those misquoted uh, lines for all of time, like uh, play it again, Sam, which is not in Casablanca. Uh, or like Luke, I am your father. Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, I am your father. So No, I am your father. All these misquoted lines. That's one of the other ones. She never says my pretties. Where did that come from? I, don't, I always thought she said that too, but she doesn't. Yeah. So it's yeah. crazy. What else you got? Uh, so the Tin Man at one point cries and he cries oil. But the problem is, is it ran too fast because it was so warm that it just streaked down his face too quick. So they replaced it with chocolate syrup, which was a little bit denser. Gosh. And they could take it out of a fridge. <laughs> That's pretty terrible. And speaking of the Tin Man, my number six is the, this is, my people probably knew this already, but the original actor who was cast the Tin Man was Buddy Epson, who was later on, on, uh, what's that TV show? The they find the oil and uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, Beverly Hillbillies. Right. He yeah. was, later on became the star of Beverly Hillbillies. You see a picture of him in the Tin Man costume. Actually, a really good looking man back in the day. Um, but the makeup they put him in almost killed him. And that is a true fact. Uh, he recorded almost every all the songs, too. They did the professional recordings of the songs. They did his makeup tests. They did his um, some of the shooting already. But then the silver makeup they used um, had aluminum dust mixed in with it, mixed in with clown paint. And it uh, made his lungs fail. So he had a lung infection that made him spend two weeks in the hospital and another month recovering at home. Um, his lungs were never quite the same the rest of his life, uh, but he lived a good long life. But still, yeah, almost killed the Tin Man. So they had to recast him. <laughs> it's terrible. That's, That's a true crazy. Uh, Margaret Hamilton, not the only terrible thing to happen on set. Uh, Margaret <laughs> Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch. Um, her big exit from Munchkinland involved a big puff of red smoke and some huge flames. And she was supposed to fall through a trap door and then they were supposed to spring, but the trap door didn't go far, go fast enough. She got hit 
like at the top of her head and the broom and her hat caught on fire. Um, (laughs) She had terrible burns over her hands and face and she had to be taken off of filming for six weeks. And it was already a hundred degrees on the set. (laughs) Right. Um, And then even when she came back, the green paint, they used copper based tones to make the green. And for up to, she said weeks after she, she still had a green tint to her skin because she could just not get that copper off. And that was another thing on my list was her the, the paint. And that is a true fact. They, they used this horrible metal based paints on these people and just almost killed them. <laughs> uh, and uh, to add insult to injury, uh, most of her scenes were cut from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, she was used to the Wicked Witch was in much more of the film. They cut a bunch out because she scared too many kids in test audiences. <laughs> she, she was so good at her job that she got cut out even after all that horrible stuff happened to her. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was so toxic, the paint that she couldn't uh, risk eating and getting it paint in her mouth. So she had to drink through straws and have like a liquid <laughs> diet for most of the filming, That's apparently. Uh, awesome. Uh, poor Mark, poor Margaret Hamilton. Uh, yeah. The Land of Oz was named for L. Frank Baum's cabinet drawer marked O through Z like you'd have on like a filing cabinet. You have A through F, huh. you know, but that is the unknown fact, because although seemingly an open and shut case of facts since Baum himself confirmed the story in 1903, enough dissenters, including his own wife and children, has left this mystery to be murky in the waters of time. So they're not sure if that's actually true, but it might be possible that Oz came huh. from that. But it is a name, uh, as we know, for Frank Oz. So maybe we just thought of it from there. Uh, the rumor on the street is that uh, Toto and his trainer uh, got paid more uh, per week than a munchkin. The dog made more than the munchkins. That is a rumor. I've heard that. 125 a week for the dog and his trainer versus 50 a week for a munchkin. Terrible. Uh, the myth that a lot of you have heard of, the Pink Floyd purposely created Dark Side of the Moon, their album, to coincide exactly timed with uh, The Wizard of Oz is supposedly false. All members of Pink Floyd have repeatedly stated that any creation of the dark side of the rainbow, as they call it, is purely coincidental. I've done it. I've timed them together perfectly. And it is. I have also done it. There are some eerie moments. I will say that. It's really weird. Um, oh, yeah. There are times where the lyrics pretty much directly match up thematically with what's happening. And there's big mood changes. And yeah. yeah. And like, as soon as we see Margaret Hamilton for the first time, like on her bike, uh, in which in the real world, it like times exactly with this loud clanging song to the beats of her. It's like, it's weird. So I don't know how that happened. It's just a chance of craziness. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then Billy, uh, Billy Burke, who played Galinda, the good witch was actually 18 years older than Margaret Hamilton, who played the other wicked, who played the wicked witch. <laughs> but because of makeup, you'd never know because of makeup. You'd never have an idea. So this is a weird myth that's actually true. Uh, unbeknownst at the time, Professor Marvell, who becomes I think the wizard later in the movie, but during the real portion of the movie, he plays like the guy with the crystal ball. Uh, mm-hmm. He's wearing L. Frank Baum's jacket. And this is strange. Supposedly. No, they've actually confirmed it now. Uh, Stranger Than Fiction for Marvell's look, the director wanted a kind of seedy gentility. So the costume department went down to a secondhand store and picked out a bunch of coats. On set, actor Frank Morgan turned the coat pocket inside out. To his shock, L. Frank Baum was stitched on the inside. Later, both Baum's tailor and widow would confirm the jacket had belonged to the author. So huh. both the widow and the tailor could be making that up, but I don't know why they would. They would just say, no, it's bullshit. Um, right. But so it's interesting. If that's true, that's pretty crazy coincidence. That's pretty nuts. And uh, last one I got is the one that many people have heard of as well. The Munchkin committing suicide on film in the movie. It's bull. 
It's bullshit. Absolute bull. Now, there was compelling evidence that this was real because this hoax goes pretty damn far. I went down a rabbit hole. Uh, so what happens is there was a myth that was growing that someone had died in the set. That was just all it started off as. Then it became a myth that it was a munchkin because one of the they were saying how poorly they paid the little people in this movie, and that made the story evolve. And oh, one of them was so depressed at the living conditions and the pay that they killed themselves on set. So in the '80s release of some of these films, someone actually did edit in a swinging body into that scene, and so you can open up out of the out of the packaging and put that movie into the in the uh, VCR. It's only for VCR cuts of this, and see the swinging body. But if you look at the older versions, or if you look at newer remastered versions that were taken from the original, you can clearly see a big bird that's standing there and puts its wings out and puts them back in. And that bird is just huh. removed from that 80s cut, which has gotten online. But if you look at the 80s cut, even, you can see to the side where the editor forgot to take out the ends of the wings that pop out for a split second and come back in. So huh. they forgot to take out that part. So it has been debunked, but not very easily because it was actually in a real cut of the commercial film that was released on VHS. So right. that's what made it stay for so long. But there was not <clears throat> Munchkin that committed suicide on The Wizard of Oz. There's some old guy who was like a, a crappy back of house editor in the 80s who is laughing every day <laughs> about that. Good for him. I mean, why not? Good for him, man. We're all still talking about it. Yeah, it's a hoax. It was great. So that's my myths and, and your trivia for. Yeah. And that takes us into, I guess, Muppet Wizard of Oz. So I want to put a big disclaimer on this. Uh-huh. Um, I love Muppets. We know this. That's why we do this. Um, I cannot in any way endorse the film that we're about to watch. If you ask me what Muppet thing should I watch, this would literally be maybe this or the second to the last thing. And with that, we'll play the on only Muppet list. song in this whole movie, really. Well, now I got some smart new partners who can yeah. help me think things through. Folks say I'm just a hick on a stick. Well, that may be true. She's true. But when my She's stuffing's true. not enough, <laughs> I know just what I should do, Lottie do. See, I don't miss the brains I'm missing when I'm with you. Oh. In fact, when I was watching the with Anna, uh, she looked over at me and she's like, I think she actually said that might be the most Muppety thing in the movie so far. It's the only Muppety thing in the whole man movie. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So let, let's dive into this thing. So um, spoiler alert. I don't know what. Yeah. Spoilers. I don't know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, you can't spoil a film that was already rotten. That's probably the best way to put it. That's true. So the one thing I appreciate bet with this film is they open up with exactly what it is, a shameless promotion for, for a musician, because it opens up with like a fake music video of Ashanti, the star of, of Ashanti, film. but her, her billing in the music video is Dorothy Gale. Right. Um, so it's all about how she's got to get out of there and get out of this town and do something with herself. Um, and she gets to work at a diner. Uh, I, mean, I can play a little bit of the song. It's right here. Going through my head. Everybody telling me there's nowhere oh, like God. home. Okay, so any early 2000s song is really what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's going to go and audition for the Muppets because they're looking for performers. But for me as a Muppet fan, I've got big like Muppet continuity issues <laughs> with this. Because like, A... Can you turn that shit off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> so bad. bad. 
Um, oh God, still playing. I'm gonna hear that in my nightmares already. Stop okay, playing. is it gone? Stop playing. Yes, it's stop. Okay, because she's not a Muppet, so she's not gonna join the Muppets, and she's not already a star, so she's not gonna be a guest star. So why the hell is she auditioning for for the friggin' Muppets? Well, we find out later on it's the Muppets Star Search show they're putting on. Yeah, but it's just it felt so dumb. I was like, why? Because it is. <laughs> um, but we have Queen Latifah and, so, and David Allen Greer as Auntie M and Uncle What's His Face. Um, yeah, and I gotta say, David Allen Greer is one of the best parts of this film, he and he's only in two scenes. He is fine in this movie. <laughs> I'll, say, really I'll say that. Him, him, like his little thing with like Queen Latifah, like you know what we're gonna eat tonight—a whole bowl full of kisses. She goes, "Oh, it's fire!" She's like, "Ah, damn, it. <laughs> not on the fire again." <laughs> it was one of the few genuinely funny moments in that opening. Bowl there were so of few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's trying to distract her while Dorothy's going to her audition against her will, he's like, oh, "I love you, honey. You know what we're gonna eat tonight? We're doing. We're gonna have a bowl full of kisses while she's like re- realizing something in the kitchen is caught on fire. It's a great little. Oh, that fire. wasn't in my cut. Uh, and I'll actually, oh. I know uh, because I read down the IMDb listing and saw the alternate versions. How there's one out there with 20 more minutes, and it has that particular oh. extension of that scene. And mine did not have that in my movie. Oh, yeah, I just got it through iTunes. Yeah, I totally um, did too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally uh weird <laughs> so, yeah. there's some so, scenes i don't have in mind that you had in yours so unfortunately you missed one of the best moments the only good Allen joke Greer. in the whole damn movie it, it was just a real they just told it he didn't have anything to say there was no script so he just got to do him and he's a comic genius so yeah. he took it he made it good <laughs> uh, so she goes down um well, she escapes oh, okay. to go skip. She makes it too late to give her audition tape. So she gives it to him um, as they're leaving on the bus, the Muppets. And okay. they make a bunch of jokes in quick succession right there on the bus that are really disturbing. Yes. Like one is a Napster joke, which doesn't t- play like time well at all. Um, there's a Girls Gone Wild joke there, which is weird. Okay. Okay. So I got to talk about this real okay. quick. <laughs> so there were jokes throughout throughout this, this whole thing um, that... If Jim was alive, he would have read that draft and walked into the writer's room with Kermit. Said, "Hi, ho, Kermit the Frog here. Who wrote this line? Pack your shit!" <laughs> like he would have fired so many people who wrote this film. It was terrible. He would have fired them until someone got it right. Um, so every time we come across one of those lines, I wrote it down and and I wrote "fired" next to it. So I'll bring them up as we go through. This girl's gone wild. One of them. Girls Gone Wild was the first one <laughs> where I was like, he would have walked in and gone, who, who wrote that? Get the hell out. Get the hell out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a Girls Gone Wild joke, which was really not only time sensitive, but also not appropriate. No. For Muppet Wizards of Oz. <laughs> and considering this movie is definitely more geared towards children um, than even more, even the other Muppet films, it was even more disturbing and weird and out of place. Uh, uh So she misses her audition. He leaves with the tape. There's a really weird tumbleweed moment where the, the angry stage director is caught like blowing a tumbleweed in front of her to build ambiance. But it was a funny moment for like two seconds. And then the scene went on for another five to six seconds. Wait to in front of her. Yeah. So there's, she's standing and then a tumbleweed rolls in front of her and they cut to the wide shot and he's like blowing the tumbleweed. Wide shot of what? Like just her staying from the bus. 
Uh, yeah, like out looking out at the road after they've left. Oh, that wasn't in my cut either. Gosh <laughs> darn it, Jarman. This is going to be really tough. The movie to was talk already about. really long. How was it even longer? <laughs> I don't know. It felt like a million years. <laughs> it was a million years. Um, okay, so yeah, Girls Gone Wild joke. Just terrible. Tumbleweed joke that ran way too long. I see why they cut that. <laughs> um, so then she goes home. The tornado's coming. She runs back to get Toto. Who's a shrimp. Who's. A shrimp. He's not a shrimp. He's a king prawn. King prawn. <laughs> Another shrimp by making prawn. Okay. Um, <laughs> she gets caught in the trailer, tossed up. It, just exactly what it, you're expecting happens. Up in the tornado, and lands in the land of Oz. Right, and uh, lands on the Wicked Witch of the East. Uh, she runs into uh, which which which. <laughs> I don't know. So so before we get to that. Uh, when they land, Pepe, who is who is Toto in this, the King Prawn starts talking. She's like, "You can talk." He's like, "Yes," and I'm totally naked. And I was like, "That who wrote this fucking joke?" <laughs> like he brought up the fact that he was naked so that they could make a joke that he was naked. Right. It wasn't necessary. That's, that's like someone walking on stage in a play with big floppy shoes on. And instead of the other character saying, why do you, are you wearing those shoes? He literally says, I have big floppy <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> like, there was so much of that in this movie. It was incredible. <laughs> I have big floppy shoes on. We need to remember that for other critiques of other films. We'll just say that line. I have big floppy shoes on when they do something like that in the movie. Uh, yeah, so we're going to say it a lot of this one. <laughs> so they land on the witch and I don't know the, the, the witch is getting crushed. was like really graphic. It was, there was uh, a lot of stuff in this that was really graphic that I was like, why did they need that? Like, why, why did she have to come back disturbing and the death house? scenes? Um, and people being torn apart. Like this is not good for children or anyone really. Um, so then we get one good joke, a dark side of the moon reference made by Pepe. Yep. I did see that. And, uh, which I, I looked, I, I saw that and went, Jim would have approved that. Right. That would, Jim be would have said yes. And I love the, one of the miss piggies playing one of the witches, uh, talks to Dorothy and she's like, listen, high pockets. <laughs> I thought that was nice because <laughs> she's so much taller than she is. And that was just a cute little joke. I like that one. Um, and then, oh my God. So, then they, they give her the shoes, the magic shoes, because she's got to go and see the wizard. Um, at least they got the shoe color right. Yeah, they're silver in this one. Silver. There's like this whole sassy scene about she doesn't want to wear the shoes and they end up being Manolo Blahnik. Like it was just, it was real bad. But the, their, their Manolo, I went fired. <laughs> <laughs> was it product placement? What the, what the fuck's going on here? Who Get, get out. Get out. <laughs> Get out now. So yeah, that, so yeah uh, Manolo's was a fired line. Or uh, Jeffrey Tambor would say, Get off. What? Get off. Get off now, off the stage. <laughs> uh, so she sets off on the yellow brick road. And just like in the movie, you know, she comes across the scarecrow first. And I saw Kermit and was like, Oh, thank God Kermit's here. <laughs> yeah. Kermit plays um, the scarecrow. And then. It was immediately followed by a really off-color Passion of the Christ joke about Kermit being crucified. And I went back to, what What just happened? What did it say? Um, I don't know. But he, he was hanging up on his, you know, his scarecrow pole, and he makes some reference about the Passion. Oh, I haven't seen it. You know, it's just, I was like, what? what? Fired. Oh, my God. 
I don't remember that one. Maybe that wasn't my cut either. Um, so, so this is where I started recognizing this pattern. And it was right in this scene where it is clear to me that somebody wrote an okay script. Somebody did. Mm-hmm. And then someone was sent in after the fact to punch up the comedy. And add in like more recent references that would date this movie terribly. But, um, yeah, man. So there's a lot of lines that start good and then they just, they unravel. <laughs> um, so, so Kermit has a line where he's up on his scarecrow pole. He's like, I'm tied. I'm tied to a job I'm no good at. And they literally show him shrug and he's tied. And it's a funny, cute little moment. And then he waits a beat and goes, literally. And I was like, ah, it fell apart there. Oh, Jesus. That was a good line until they literally add the word literally. Right. There's no point. Why? And also, I kept expecting uh, more songs in this film, and there wasn't. Yeah, man. There's four songs, uh, I think, in the whole movie. Same thing right after that. Uh, Kermit's coming, getting down off. He's like, well, now why didn't I think of that? And it's like, ah, we just got done talking about how he doesn't have a brain. And he literally says, oh, right, no brain. I was like, oh, God. Let me explain the joke. It'll make it funnier. <laughs> I was like, God, please stop. Just let us have these nice little lines. <laughs> so... Uh, then they move Tin on Man to Tin Man, which is he's like a computer creation, the Tin Thing. He's been turned into a computer person thing. It's yeah, and he interfaces with computers, and he's running tasks and doing work and stuff. And we have one of those um, lines that would have gotten people fired. Nipple, the nipple joke? Yeah. Fired. <laughs> fired. So and here's the thing. The King Prawn grabs uh, two knobs <sighs> on the Tin Thing, which is Gonzo. And he goes, what do these do? And he's like, what are these? Okay. <laughs> Nothing. They're my nipples. And then, so here, here, here's the worst part. This was not an issue because this joke is something that it is something that I think Jim would have let in just in a completely different framing from a filmmaking right. perspective in that up to that moment and him twisting and him saying, Oh, those are my nipples. If Pepe had taken that beat, and looked at him deadpan and said, you are strange men, okay? Or anything deadpan, the joke would have played perfectly. But there was this big buildup where he realized his touched his nipples and he ran outside screaming. And he said, I feel dirty. Like, Yeah, he should have just been like, okay, moving on, okay. <laughs> and just move on. Like, it would have been funny if he says something like that, just to play it off. Characters, characters calling Gonzo on him being a weirdo is like a shtick. It's a running gag. So it's something they could have easily thrown in and had a really good moment. I Someone, someone went in to punch up the comedy. I could, I see it over and over again in a very bad way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then they oh have God. the song, or is it when they meet the lion? I think it's when they meet the lion. <laughs> then they have a song. Um, yeah, after the lion. But this is where I started looking up. Actually, as we're talking about this, I looked up who who were the screenplay writers for this thing, and, and I looked them up. And for both of them, this is their last writing credit. <laughs> What do they do after that? Prop work? <laughs> I, don't know I have no idea. But they did not write a single other thing. And this is literally for the two main screenwriters, their last thing. They had a couple teleplay writers. One kind of went on to have a marginal career. Uh, but the other one is the 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 guy who came up with the Goldbergs. Oh. Well, I mean, he found his way. Because <laughs> that's right. a very but successful when, show. So when you're talking about they put, gave someone in to punch up the comedy and put in a lot of you know, like recent references, right? It was that guy. I could almost guarantee it was that guy. And he still found his way into sitcom television today. So the guy, the guy who, who is the brainchild behind the Goldbergs is luckily the reason, the guy who ruined this script <laughs> and no one will remember it. So it's okay. Except for us. And nobody podcast. will remember it. 
But maybe, the important maybe thing he'll is be excited. that you listeners know. Maybe he'll be excited that there's a podcast about his tor- terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, they run into the lion. Then they have a song, and it's the one of the only redeemable parts of the film. The one we played a little bit of earlier. I'm with you. Um, which is nice. That's nice little harmonies. Uh, it was really, really upsetting that Ashanti couldn't sing like everyone else. Yeah, she's singing hip hop R and B style, and it doesn't match. With- well, while everyone else is singing essentially show tune style, right? Like character, big character singing style, and her like, gosh, shut up, shut up, and sing like a human. She's not a very good singer. She's not. She's a terrible actress. I don't know why she's even using this film. Um, so then they, they've got to go down the Olympic road and they get to a fallen log that they have to pass and Statler and Waldorf are there as trolls, I guess, which are not something to heckle them. And it's just a, a, not even thinly veiled, just an unveiled parable of not listening to your critics. Yeah. Because they're They're literally not even thinly veiled because they literally, she literally says out loud, like I see, I have to cross and not listen to what other people say. Like she says this out loud. I'm wearing big floppy shoes. <laughs> I'm wearing big floppy shoes. Oh, look at me. I'm Don't silly. you want to ask me while I, why I'm wearing these big floppy Ooh. shoes? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, big floppy shoes. <laughs> um, they get across and then they run into the Poppy Fields nightclub. Another weird scene. Another weird scene. Dr. Teeth, they usually, they literally use the same, they didn't film enough. So they show like them coming in, Dr. Teeth, it's night nap time or whatever. They cut across. They use that exact same set of shots later because they didn't have enough film. <laughs> of them <clears> with like the, uh, the clothespins in their noses. Yeah, it's the same, it's the exact same sequence. They just copied and pasted. Um, <laughs> Uh, so they, they go and they, they get exposed to poppies and Toto and Dorothy and the lion fall asleep. Scarecrow and tin thing, not being, you know, human are able to get out of there. And then they call the munchkins, which was such a terrible loaded gun. Which are the, from the, earlier. the rats. Yeah. Like them singing the munchkin song and the munchkins come and help them get them out of there. And they're all wearing little munchkin gas masks. It's just, uh, I'm okay with them using the munchkins to to succeed with something to get help, but you know, I was just it was just a weird scene that seemed unnecessary. It's just like we have to cover this base because it was in the story. I yeah, don't know, it just it was very pointless. There was no point. Um, and then also, like, my question is: so with the lion, he just fell asleep, but with her, she like started rethinking her plan to go. And I'm like, so the poppies are mind control? Are they sleep? What do they? What do you want us to understand here? <laughs> Stick within your own <clears throat> rules. Um, and then the next question is, uh, so Dorothy doesn't wake up. They're like, oh no. And the tint thing's like, I know. And he pulls two shockers out of his chest and they shock her just for her to sit up and have like a quick, bad use of fast motion and her hair sticking out all crazy. Like she just got shocked. But why did they need to shock her? Because the lion wakes up like four seconds later. (laughs) They could have they killed her. They could have stopped her. They could have killed her, but had they waited six more seconds, she would have just woken up on her own. But it's more fun to have the hair gag. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, they make it to the Gates of Oz, and my next question I wrote down is, why is Sam the Eagle so tall? Yeah, he was human size, or seven foot tall or something. Well, here's the thing. They put him down probably about Ashanti height, 
but they put him in this big tall hat with a big feather on it to extend him and then all of his the over shoulder shots are shot down like he's looking down on all of them right i was like but he's not that big in the other frame like what uh, so much bad so much bad <laughs> who directed this uh they go in and there's they they're told to put on these green glasses which once again at least is accurate to the book oh is that in the book too yeah, uh, Emerald City is actually white, and the the wizard has basically tricked everyone into wearing these glasses so that they think the city is like opulent. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um. Then I got one of the only legitimate laughs I had in the whole movie, which was after they go see Doctor Bunsen Honeydew to get like a makeover or something. It's not really explained. Uh, Beaker Beaker gets his head like burned off and he gets to wander across frames slowly just making noise and being fried and and that that comedy shtick was just th- like oh thank god something Muppets made into this <laughs> yeah like that whole scene was very Muppety it felt very like the other movies right, right they had a framework to work in and so they did you know they, they did the right thing but it's one of the only times in the film uh, and I could see the writer's room or like the producer's room at this time they're like alright Ashanti's been wearing like an apron and stuff this whole time how are we going to get her into a hoe outfit <laughs> yeah she had major cleavage coming out of that thing her stomach showing and everything um, yeah so they, they throw Ashanti in a hoe outfit <laughs> for like no reason and different hair and different hair I didn't understand at this point, they're just trying to showcase her. Like, that's what this whole thing was. Who, whose cousin was she that she got this film? <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know. I don't understand. Um, they get taken to see the wizard. Each one of them gets taken in and sees a different thing. They use really bad CGI. Well, uh, Kermit says the line that I like so much. Hi, Mr. Oz. Uh, any relation to Frank Oz? <laughs> it was <laughs> a great a line. One. But yeah, the CGI was of its time in 2005, but even worse than it should be because it was a TV well, movie. They couldn't afford anything. Well, it's not only that. They were trying to make it look. They weren't trying to make it look real. They were right. trying to make it look like it was a projection in that room and it just looked terrible. But they could have done all of that with Muppets and it would have been so much better. That's true. Why didn't they do that? Like a sexy lady, come, a sexy lady puppet comes out and tries to entice Gonzo and then slowly turns into a chicken with its limbs being replaced by chicken limbs sure. you know, that that could have easily happened with a couple quick camera tricks and some different muppets because that weird cgi woman was creepy as all hell was so bad <laughs> uncanny so valley bad in your face <laughs> and so inappropriate for this movie yeah just weird whose choice was that um but yeah i wrote ew sexy lady and gonzo sexual chicken and then i wrote fired <laughs> Who wrote this chicken thing? Get the hell out. Yeah, so each person in the group comes forward and separately, and the Oz uh, Wizard of Oz looks different to each of them as a scary monster or something. Um, and when Ashanti comes in, the he tries to put her through the trap door as well um, with the rest of her group, but she's right behind the trap door. And I thought it was a good little gag. If the yeah, rest of the movie cute. was okay, that would be great, but it wasn't. <clears throat> um, he's like, can you just jump in there? That'd be great. So she jumps in the trap door. Uh, and that's after they agree to go get the eye of the Wicked Witch of the, the West. Right. So then we cut to the Wicked Witch of the West, who we, we have not seen up to this point. No. Uh, has had no bearing on the plot. And because they haven't set anything up for this character, they literally have to do it all in this scene. Right. And suddenly we have a biker motif for the Wicked Witch of the West. 
and all right. of her and people. She's the head of a biker group of henchmen who are her flying monkeys, but they ride motorcycles, which was all fine. But the fact that they just they had to pile this into one scene. Yeah, it could have been hinted at earlier or something. And they also piled in the bottled water thing. You know, and apparently just, the, it, there was uh, <sighs> the Wicked Witch of the West was a biker motif in the Wiz as well. But I've never seen the Wiz, so I can't got it. speak to that. So. That's why that was like a callback um, to that or something. But I wrote a whole lot of nothing was what I wrote for this. Yeah. Uh, the only good part is, is that all the, the monkeys, the flying monkeys are, are enslaved by her or have to follow orders because of this hat she has. And that is accurate to the book. <laughs> oh, neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, Dorothy taking it and then giving them their freedom and stuff and, and utilizing them is absolutely spot on. It's one of the few things they got right. And this is when we get to the scene where she goes to track them down with her flying monkeys biker gang, uh, which and they find them. Oh, wait, we forgot. Uh, we've got a musical number. Well, that's what that's what's coming but, up to. Really? Oh, yeah. that's right. They land and then it happens. Right. But for no reason. She lands and says she's going to tear them all apart and take Dorothy uh, with her and the lion so she can make lion meat. And then this uh, wonderful song happens. Maybe I need to start out. Dorothy. This is so bad. doesn't get any Ugh. better and there's no like through line of the song there's no chorus that you can really easily pick out it's just terrible <laughs> um yeah which which is in the house and i wrote i wrote just terrible that was my comment <laughs> yeah um so then she tells the flying monkeys to tear them apart they rip the head off gonzo which isn't too bad because he's like a metal robot type thing so you're not terrified right, right, right. that's that. not too bad but they like they tear kermit apart and you and you get in like watch Kermit in pain or like screaming, in, like getting torn apart. It is really graphic, it's too terrible. graphic. Um, so they capture Dorothy, Toto, and the lion, or just Dorothy and Toto? I can't remember. Uh, they get them all there somehow. I don't. Oh yeah, just uh, Dorothy, Toto, and the lion. Yeah, because the yeah, lion's so they in capture the, cage. the the three of them, taking them back to her wicked lair, um, and. I, I don't know. There's a whole lot of nothing happens here. She reveals that her eye has magic powers and that's why the wizard wants it. Uh, the, um, the lion is stuck in the cage and he gets them to give him the keys by telling them jokes and that they actually like his jokes. So they're tricked into like going down the ground and giving him this, their keys and he sneaks out and saves Toto and Dorothy before they're killed by a giant hacksaw, which is going to take off her leg so that it can right. get the shoes. Uh, and then... And then Piggy, as the Wicked Witch, chimes in at one point with a line that was something akin to, can I get one of you to kill someone for me? And I just fired. <laughs> fired. Would Miss Piggy ever say that? <laughs> when would any Muppet ever use the word kill? Instead of, yeah. other than kill the lights. Right. That's about like, it. Like, 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 just that, the fact that that word was used is inappropriate for the Muppets. It's terrible. And then we have, they're about to fight Dorothy and Miss Piggy, and it cuts to Quentin Tarantino talking about how the fight scene is going to go down as he's pitching it to Kermit in some alternate universe, so, I guess. This this wasn't bad. It broke the fourth wall, which is very much Muppets. Tarantino is a huge fan, so they the Muppets always do have their best cameos when they let a fan do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it ran too long. 
Like it would have been great if it cut after, Oh God, what was it? I wrote it down. Uh, Tarantino's a terrible actor. So that didn't help. Friggin' a Quentin Tar- I just wrote down Quentin Tarantino. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks past Steve, you dick. Um, but he does one bit and where he says, and then he does this whole other thing with Japanese anime and transformers and them transforming into things. And that's got really bad. Oh, that wasn't um, in my cut. <laughs> right. So maybe that's, maybe that's for the best. Cause the first part was funny and in a better film would have been a funny, cute fourth wall break. But in a movie that was already bad, this was like the cherry on top of this turd. Yeah. Cause all, all the good moments, of this movie are ruined by the fact that the rest of it stinks. So yeah. Everything surrounding those good movements is absolutely garbage. <laughs> um, so then Kermit says something like, that sounds all very expensive. What if we just had someone knock her into a big tub of water? Uh, and then they come oh, back and, to, and the, mine to says, the story. Tarantino goes, what if he kicks her in the face? And he goes, yeah, that sounds much more affordable. And then it gets back to the scene. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Either okay. way, it's terrible. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I thought maybe it was just different in your cut. It's very possible it was. <laughs> Uh, so they kicked her into a, the tub of water. She's like, ha, this doesn't hurt me except for loaded gun from earlier. They started with bottled water in her tub, but then they tap covered up with tap water and tap water kills her for so some reason. She, yeah. So she starts getting skinny and like sucking in. And I think I wrote down that there is something like truly unsettling about the skinny uh, Miss Piggy puppet. It was weird and terrifying. Then they use CGI for her to like melt at the end there. And it was just all really gross and weird and creepy. Yeah. I didn't like um, any of it. So she, so Dorothy gets the eye and the hat and she gets the flying monkeys to help them put together the Tin Man and Scarecrow. And they go back to Oz victorious. Right. So her and her gang like let themselves in and the wizard's not prepared for them. And that's when you realize that the wizard was on a set and that the wizard is a fake. And he's Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, who is a friend of the Muppets and showed up in uh, Wasn't he Muppets from, from Space? Space? Yeah, Muppets from Space. Yeah. Big rig role in that. Um, and he basically wanted the eye because it let the Wicked Witch see things. And he was afraid that she was going to uncover him to be a fake. And he has it now. Yes. So they, they basically agree to keep, help him for what they want. They agree to help him trick all these poor people in Oz. Kind of. I mean, will they say, are you going to give us our stuff? He's like, I'll give it to you. I promise. And he says, give me three hours. Right. right. But they basically agree to show up to this award show and not rat him out. If they, if he gives them what they want. Right. It's only when Ashanti has the change of heart after her song. Well, she doesn't change of heart. She realizes that he's not giving them anything they didn't already have. Oh yeah. I guess that's the moral. It's real bad. (laughs) That's important, Steve. (sighs) important no this is all this is all bad so he has an award um, ceremony televised to all of Oz, and they only have one channel to watch so they're all watching and we see them watching their tvs like you know miss piggy has the other witches and stuff and the munchkins and the penguins for some reason um and he's giving uh courage to the lion which is actually just a microphone and he can talk in the microphone and tell jokes uh then for the tim man he gives him a little valentine's day heart and puts it in his chest for Kerm- and then camilla shows up yeah, the Camilla, the, the chicken. And, and, and he says, oh, you really filled out. And I sort fired. Yeah, fat joke. Great. Fired. Yeah, fat, fat joke. Fired. <laughs> and then for Kermit, I thought it was like kind of some funny jokes in there where he's going to give him brains, but he gives him bran and he takes his head off and pours bran flakes A down his brand head. brand new brain. 
joke. Just like a really cheesy, stupid joke. I like that one. Um, and then Dorothy comes out and she gets to perform. And then after her song or midway through, she has a change of heart and realizes that they all already had what they needed. And so she basically rats out the wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says, well, really what I want is to go home. And he's like, well, I can do that, but you got to go talk to the witch you started with. So her and all the gang head back to Munchkinland, where they talk to the, the fourth sister, I guess. Right. Uh, Glinda, I guess, who is also Piggy and the same voice. Such bad choices. But the real Piggy um, who falls in love with the Kermit character, like in every other movie, which is good. So, yeah. At least, at least so then I wrote down, they shoehorn the crap out of that. They could have written that into the plot earlier where like every time Kermit saw one of the versions of the Wicked Witch, he was in love. And then right. this was the right one. But instead they were like, nah, it's third in the last two minutes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> And I, I did uh, the only time I chuckled this entire movie for some reason is when Miss Piggy pinches Kermit's butt and he looks behind and she says, what? <laughs> for some reason, that made me uh, chuckle. It was just a cute little moment. But before that was um, the uh, she's like, oh, I love agriculture. I love being going on a farm, rolling in the hay. <laughs> fired, fired, <laughs> fired, fired. I don't know. That could fit in other Muppet movies. That line. Well, it could have if they had kept going, but instead they followed up with a reaction shot for Kermit where he made like a sultry face. Oh, they could have they could have kept going and played through the joke and it would have been a funny if you caught it sort of thing. But instead, they just let it stare you in the face. That wasn't my cut either. Um, <laughs> so she gets to go home. And she runs back to the diner where there's missing signs up for her. So who knows how long she's been missing at this point? Um, and she goes in Kermit's at the diner. And he comes away and he's like, oh, Dorothy, I've been looking for you. And he was sitting with a random fat guy. Random fat guy. And the moment that Kermit leaves, the moment the fat guy looks over greedily and takes his pie and eats it. And I was like, why did the fat guy have to steal his pie with no moral qualm? Why did we have to include that in the film? Why did that have to be in there? Couldn't you have just been eating with some normal guy? Oh, man. Um, so then, you know, she Kermit's like, we want you to come on the tour with us. She's like, I can. I just got home and I'm right where I need to be. And that's when she gets the blessing from her family to go do it because she finally found out what she was all about. And then it ends with like her doing the show. Yeah. And they're watching at the diner. And one of the only good parts of this is you get a good quick cameo from Dave Goals and Steve Whitmire who are in the front row watching at the diner. Uh, but then back, back behind her, her aunt and uncle, who is it? That fat bastard who stole Kermit's pie is right behind him <laughs> for some watching reason. this performance. He is ready to pounce on some pie. And it's this song. Oh, Shanti. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> We gotta wait for the Muppets to come in. I guess they're coming in. I guess that's the full version of the song. Yeah. Um, so, all in all, a real bucket of turds. <laughs> I just how did this, how did this get made? I guess they were in a slump for a while. They're like, we got to make a Muppet movie of some kind. They just- so if I remember correctly, and somebody who knows Muppet stuff better than I did, 
this is when that other company bought them like German company and they licensed them back to like ABC for this. Well, it says the final Muppets production produced by the Jim Henson companies with this tri- The only trivia I found interesting in this film said that. So. Huh. so then that, so this is right before they sold then. So this is like rock bottom, right? So they're like, we got to sell. We're not doing anything with this property. And they had to sell, I guess. Well, not they had to. They were offered an exorbitant amount of money, which then when they bought it back, they made even more money. Jeez. It's incredible. Every one of the Henson kids walked away even richer than they already were. Like, just incredible. Good for them. Um, Yeah, good for them. Um, But don't watch it. Yeah. We just let you know what happened. We talked too much about this terrible movie. Uh, So in honor of Thanksgiving, so I kept talking about how this is like the second worst thing Uh Muppets have done. The other worst thing the Muppets ever did was the Thanksgiving special. And I mentioned it at some previous episode, uh, which was a Thanksgiving special to push a new album from Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. I remember that coming out. And it was basically little intros from them, her doing whole songs and then them like dancing around or maybe joining in. There was no actual Muppet stuff. And that is truthfully the only thing I put below Muppets Wizard of Oz. Fair enough. I could see that being even worse because it's just a total schlock sell. In honor of Thanksgiving. Wow. And it was a Thanksgiving well, special. <laughs> we're going to leave this terrible discussion in the back. We, we, we suggest that you push it out of your mind as we move into some exciting trailer reviews. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. To burn it, Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. All right. Well, All right. Uh, Steve found some good shit for this week. I think. That's right. And we, we have three technically, but one of them is kind of a half. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with the, uh, the Lego Movie 2. Oh, so it looks wonderful. Once, everything was awesome. Now, everything is bleak. Hey, Lucy. I brought you coffee. Coffee. The bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. Oh my goshness, did I interrupt you brooding just now? Times have changed. You need to change with them. We have to be tough and battle ready. Look, a shooting star, make a wish! (gasps) Oh no. Run! Hurry, the door is slowly closing! Oh, the pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? Hooray! See, that wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. Ah, something got in. I'm General Mayhem. Bring me your fiercest leader. Lucy! Emmett! This is all my fault. Hang on to your fronts, Planny. We're going to save Lucy. Don't you tell me to! 
Save your life? Not at all. Who are you? The name's Rex Danger Vest. Galaxy defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. <laughs> I don't get it. Will you help me rescue my friends? You don't want to go anywhere near the Sistar system. It's ruled by an alien queen. Only the toughest are going to get out of there alive. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm a queen, whatever I would not be. I'm getting super evil vibes here. I could change my form to something else if this makes you uncomfortable. Hey, guys. No, go back. The horse was much more palatable. I got him. Lucy! Emmett, did you draw stubble dots on your face? What? No. <laughs> Who are you? I'm your worst nightmare. You're me when I'm late to school and I forgot my homework and my pants are made of pudding? No, I don't. Ha! So, what do you think? Um, I enjoyed the first one. So, for me, this looks like a lot more of the same. I like that they're smart to to include a character that's basically poking fun at their lead. Right. <laughs> uh, and Raptor Trainer. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand this at all. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I think it looks good. I still don't quite understand what the premise is because they ended the last movie with his sister, his sister's Legos invading. And I thought that was kind of where they were going to pick up. But this is obviously something different. Right. I didn't quite finish the first one or didn't watch all of it or something. I missed parts of it. So I need to watch the first one again. But I loved what I saw of it. Um, but I, I really did love the jab at uh, Chris Pratt's career. Um, yeah. I mean, went, the only thing I, the only thing I, I guess I could think of for as far as the plot goes is that it's been what, four or five years since the last one came out, something like that. Right. So maybe the kid is a little bit older. He's not playing with his Legos. His younger sister is now starting to build more advanced things. And she's like a scourge picking pieces off of his old city. And they're the survivors. And she's more depressing with her play. Like she likes doing like Mad Max Fury Road type of play. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Apparently. But I think it's great uh, snappy dialogue and it's very cute and good animation. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, I'm going to give it probably a should have been take my money because this might be the kind of movie I can take a kid to go see when she's a little bit older. Very, yeah, when she's older, that's true. But uh, yeah. Yeah, because this won't be out for another six months. She'll be three-ish, you know. It could be perfect. And you'll get a lot of the jokes. So you'll enjoy yourself. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I give it a buck. Okay, killer. So what's next up on our list? Uh, next, we have Replicas, trailer number two, technically. Uh, we reviewed, I think, the first trailer for this a while back, but this is another short trailer. Maybe. But the first one didn't really show anything. Right. So it's Keanu Reeves and you'll be able to tell by his voice. So let's listen in. Hey, Dad. Morning, William. Morning. It'll be like it never happened. What's going on? William, something's not right with me. Tell me the truth. There was a crash. You and the kids died. I brought you back. There is a reason human cloning is banned. I'm dead. We stole millions of dollars worth of bionite equipment. I hope you're ready to go to jail. Those three subjects are our property. I didn't defy every natural law there is just to lose you again. How could you do this? Because 
<gasps> she does. <laughs> so um, my problem is that this has Alice Eve playing the wife that he brings back from the dead and clones over and over again or something. Uh, Alice Eve, not being sexist, because it goes with both sexes, is an actress who is gorgeous, British naturally, when she speaks their normal accents, even hotter, and giant boobs, let's be honest. And yeah. she cannot act without her paperback. <laughs> I'm sorry. She was in one of the Star Trek movies, which we'll talk about later in another episode. Uh, she was bad in that, and she's she can't act. Yeah, she was she was really flat in that. Uh, like, really. And then no, she's no like, I died. And it's like, and her accent's even popping through. She's supposed to be American. It's like Channing Tatum, same thing in the male spectrum. I think he's a terrible actor. He's just a good-looking dude that they put in movies. He can't act. Uh Clint Eastwood's son. They're trying to shoehorn into movies. He's not Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, he's, they are. He's just good looking. He cannot act. Um, so that's one of the problem with this so far. Um, yeah, and not only that, but I think this looks like a, a movie we've seen. In Guy creates Frankenstein's way. monster. Frankenstein monster finds out it's Frankenstein's monster. Everything unravels. Yeah, kind of. Like, I feel like we've seen this over and over and over again. I put it's a middling sci-fi action flick. Probably, I <laughs> I might watch it for Keanu just because he's enjoyable when he's on screen because he's just. Keanu. Yeah, I'll give this a give it a buck. If I can pick it up as a cheap rental, maybe we'll watch it. But I don't see myself spending any real money on it. Yeah, I'll stream it if it comes on with streaming services. But it, it'll be a fun like little romp sci-fi thing. Hopefully, always not boring. Uh, but if you just came off of um, John Wick two and you make a boring movie, that's just your fault. You're stupid. Yeah, it's true. Bad call. Bad call, Keanu. <laughs> So what's our fun third one to end it with? Uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. And you make of this what you will, audience. Right before Christmas, a good guy in red is coming to theaters with his new sidekick, Fred. Why am I here? You're in a PG-13 version of Deadpool. Filtered through the prism of childlike innocence. I'm a grown And nobody man. does childlike innocence like you, Fred. Nobody. I need you almost as much as you need me. I don't need you. At all. You need me to untie you once we're done. I loved your working up. I'm sorry? Don't get too attached. Once upon a Deadpool. Gotta prefer Marvel movies. We are Marvel. Yeah, but you're, you know, Marvel licensed by Fox. It's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. It's music, but it sucks. You were nicer as a kid. Rated PG-13. Limited engagement in theaters December 12th. So we have Deadpool reading a story to adult Fred Savage, as you would see in Princess Bride, but now he's an adult and he's pissed off because he's been held captive by Deadpool. And it's, it's hilarious on its own. Um, yeah, I don't quite understand what this is. I understand it's a PG-13 cut of the movie that already came out. Well, they show um, clips of both movies, which con- confuses me. So I'm like, are they going to compress both the movies into one PG-13 movie? And it could, that could be it, which would be interesting Maybe with a little bit of new footage here and there, but I don't, I really don't understand what this is. I'm excited. I like both Deadpools. I'd be excited to see what they could pull off with a PG 13 if it's done well. Right. And then they could probably do some funny things with it. Although I want Fred um, Savage to be the whole thing now. <laughs> yeah. That was a good addition. The fact that he was basically in his set from the princess bride was perfect. <laughs> Just perfect. And he's so snarky. Um, it's great. But I'll just want to give it a buck. I probably won't be able to go see it in theaters unless I see what it is and it really compels me. Oh, that's why I put we'll see because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But there, there's Once Upon a Deadpool, folks. Yeah. And uh, that leads us into some radical recommends. Yeah. Recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. 
right. So this week, uh, I'm recommending kind of a, a recco warn ish. That's not my mm-hmm. word I coined before, like warning and a recommend a Fantastic Beast Two: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Uh, did you see as well? I mean, a stork may have dropped off a sampling. <laughs> right. Um, my recco warn is because beautiful movie. Uh, such great visuals. Uh, a little too dark at times. A lot of it was just so, I don't know if it's the, the uh, we went to the RPX screen in a Regal Cinemas, which supposed to be their better screen with better sound. Sound was great, but right. it was so dark. I couldn't tell what was going on for the first half of the movie. Um, but just what I could see was gorgeous and beautiful CGI, um, adorable creatures. But it was, yeah. it felt like it went too long. Uh, there was a lot of just exposition thrown at you, not in a very elegant way. Yeah, not to spoil anything in the movie, but it's just like they throw names and histories at you with characters yeah. talking in distress when you, you're like trying to gather everything they're saying to make sense of the movie and the plot. And it's just like, whoa, 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 slow it down. So I think like they compressed too much into this. I still stand by my point after watching this movie that this should have been a movie about Dumbledore, young Dumbledore, and had nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts because that was completely shoehorned in and had nothing to do with the actual plot. Yeah, the the I didn't watch all of it. Watched a pretty good chunk, though. Gotcha. Uh, and the question I kept coming back to over and over again was, why is this a Fantastic Beasts movie? It shouldn't have been. Why, all, all why the characters can't they in the just first make movie a movie? Had nothing to do with the plot of this film. They had to be shoehorned into the plot. Um, it was... But a great story that was being told off screen uh, that right. was and fascinating. This, and then they just this thing. I <laughs> I see what they tried to do. They were trying to give you a story with characters you knew in the backdrop of a situation. And what they should have you done know. is made a movie called Dumbledore and the Crimes of Grindelwald, and then it would have and then have the Fantastic Beast characters in the background. They should have flopped it, and that would have been like, right. okay, it's still in the same universe. Oh, there's the guys we used we knew from the last movie, but they're not the main plot anymore. This is a different story in this universe. Um, but yeah, I, they failed so hard. I mean, I still think it's so hard. I reckon warn it because I think you should definitely still see it. If you're a Harry Potter fan and I hate to say it because Johnny Depp is very problematic these days. He's um, been verbally and possibly physically abusive to his ex-wife, but he was really good in this movie. And it's because it's Johnny Depp toned down away from Tim Burton time. And if you didn't see the second half of this movie, you would have, you wouldn't have seen as much of him, but he's in a lot of the second half of the movie. Um, and it's him toned down and he's really good when he's like that. And he's not doing stupid over the top Tim Burton crap. Yeah. He, he plays like a very serious cares, almost charismatic, not right. charismatic, but well, yeah, like an enthralling leader. Right. He pulls you in as opposed to like yelling at you to make you listen to him. He pulls you in. To and, and I do like the one thing that I think they did illustrate well was, you know, sort of the idea of how he pulled in all these people to seeing things his way. Yeah, and it's very much, of course, because J.K. Rowling is very intelligent. It's a very much an allegory right. of what's happening right now across right. the world, not just in the U.S. Uh, with these charismatic um, dictator types um, <laughs> taking over the world. Uh, so it's how it can happen naturally and not in a cartoony way. Um, right. So there's very good parts of this movie. It's just it's 20 minutes too long, too dark, and didn't need to be about Fantastic Beasts. There you go. That's my radical recommend. All right. Well, my radical recommend is an actual recommend, <laughs> and that's a Netflix original, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I can't wait to see this. From the Coen Brothers. Um, it's a vignette-style film. I think it's four or five stories sort of from d- different cowboy stories. Um, not all of them are great. Not all of them are what stuff you're going to like, but there's at least one or two in there for everybody. Nice. Uh, the opening is 
kind of the perfect setup for the kind of movie it's going to be. And they really nailed the tone in the first 10 minutes in the first chapter. We'll say, um, there, there are serious parts. There are parts that are just kind of sad. Um, it just, if you like the Coen brothers or if you like a good old fashioned Western, you're going to get your fill with this. Uh, without spoiling anything, does Buster Scruggs have, is he throughout the whole movie or is that just one of the part of the movie? He is the opening chapter. The, the, what I said went so brilliantly that sets up. Okay. The, the sort of movie that you don't quite expect. Cool. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's on Netflix. Folks. Um, Most of you have access to that. Yeah. So check it out. Always got to hear that music. Although I have to talk over it because we need new thank you music because we've been pulled off YouTube twice now because of using that song. Ah, uh, we got pegged. <laughs> not Son pulled off, God. but uh, tagged where we couldn't make any monetization off of it, which not really matters, but I don't like keep getting tagged. So for now, I talked over it until we find a new one. <laughs> but Okay, fair. No more fair. Golden yeah, Girls, guys. Fuck. All right, so... For this week, for our thank you section, we got an email from Ian Cohen, real-life rocket scientist. You hey. might remember from our early episode, we interviewed him. He uh, worked with uh, some of the solar sail programs back in the day, and he's doing all sorts of new stuff now. But he just got a chance. I'll, I'll let him explain it. So here's his email. <clears throat> let me get this right. Hi, Jarman and Steve. I'm just now catching up on several months of APON. Uh, things have been sort of crazy at work, which requires me to actually think, so I don't get the luxury of listening to you guys as much. On a side note, I've been thinking a lot recently about the details of our next mission to Uranus. Or Uranus. I love my job, he says. But I'm currently working on editing figures for a paper, which is sort of mindless. So APON Marathon. Woohoo! Nice. Uh, so several things. He's covering a lot of episodes here. Uh, I love that you guys are A, doing the live recordings now, and B, doing them more frequently. Just more nerdy goodness. Congrats on the 100th episode. Keep up the great work. I've listened to several podcasts over the years, but yours is the only one I need to listen to religiously, even if it's well after they are published, which is great. Uh, Jarman, so sorry to hear about your dad, but your tribute was fitting, and oh man, was his life interesting. Definitely TV miniseries worthy. Thank you for that. Uh, unfortunately, as much as I wish it were true, I am not an actual astronaut, as Jarman claimed I am. Just a regular old everyday scientist <laughs> slash nerd. I don't remember calling him an actual astronaut. Maybe I was just joking around, but I, I know you're not an actual astronaut, but you might as well be, Ian. You're awesome. Um, compared to us, yes. Yeah, compared to us, you are. Uh, I just heard Steve correctly, in all caps, refer to neutron stars, end of episode 101, which are a which are in fact crazy dense. Uh, a thimble full of neutron star material is the same mass as a million of ele- as, as millions of elephants, apparently. That's crazy. Wow. So he says, Go Steve, because you got apparently got that right. I don't remember you talking about that, but apparently you did. Neither do I, but I friggin' nailed it. You nailed it, man. <laughs> And he says, keep it up. I would love to be on the show again with better audio this time. Sorry, Steve, if you guys are interested. <laughs> Cheers, Ian. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ian, for the the shout out and the email. We're always happy to hear from people. Yeah, and I'm thinking of absolutely be on the show again and talk about your new project with Uranus. Uranus, however, however you say it. Uh, Whoever is anus, you yeah. can talk about the project. Yeah, however much you can actually say about it. We'd love to have you on the show talk about that. So uh, email us again and we'll we'll chat about that. That'd be great. So thanks, Ian. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Everybody in the U.S., have a happy Thanksgiving. Everybody in the U.K., just have a good week. Yeah, we'll talk to you very, very soon. We'll keep coming back to be your nerdy co-host if you keep being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends.
Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. How?